Welcome to Cut the Chaos, the podcast that teaches you to cut through the noise, take back control of your life, and create a future you love. I'm your host, professional certified coach, Sandra Jarvis. Let's do this. This episode is from a previous podcast entitled The Whole You. The information contained herein is very relevant to people striving to cut through the chaos and create lives filled with purpose and peace. So please enjoy this throwback to The Whole You podcast. All right. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you to another amazing life coach. And today we're talking to Casey Sedlak. Welcome, Casey. Hi, Sandra. I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, it's, this is, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> so Casey is a mother of three children who are all under five. So she's got a busy life and she lives in Wyoming where they own a ranch and where she does her coaching. So she's passionate about cultivating self-awareness and understanding in the world. She loves the outdoors. She loves baking bread and stocking her kitchen and freezer with things that she grows. That's awesome. And so Casey, tell us a little bit more about yourself and about what you do as a coach. Well, um, I think you nailed or you, you covered a lot of the things I like to do like as hobbies and on the outside of my <laughs> myself and also <laughs> sort of how my husband and I, what are uh, some of our bread, where our bread and butter comes from. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I always, um, wanted to live in this sort of pastoral world and, and have, you know, this, this kind of lifestyle. And, um, a couple of years ago, about a year into motherhood, I, uh, I just realized that it wasn't, there was something that was missing in my world of living and purpose. And, uh, that surprisingly cows weren't filling that hole. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I turned to life coaching and it's been something I was a teacher before I became a rancher and that, that, and a counselor before that I'd always worked in education. And I think that just that working with people too, it was never really about the education. It was always about helping kids realize their own potential uh -huh. um, in that time of my career. And um, and coming into life coaching has really um, sort of uh, solidified my, <laughs> where my, you know, what gets my heart beating and what, right. makes, what makes things feel good to me. And um, yeah, and so I've found this sort of happy place where I get to live in this beautiful part of the country and, and do this kind of work. And it balances really well. It makes it, it makes it, uh, it makes life work for me. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, feel I love that you really get like... to life coach on a ranch. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's like an idyllic life in my mind. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I hit the sweet spot here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so tell me who you coach. Who are your clients? So I coach men and women looking to develop more trust in themselves in the midst of challenging life circumstances and particularly times of transition. So um, 
after marriage, uh, during big moves, during uh, unexpected losses or unexpected changes. Um, those are the kinds of the places that I focus. Oh, also big one after, you know, postpartum motherhood, yes. um, becoming a parent, big, big transition there, um, right. changing jobs. So anything like that, that, uh, that you find yourself sort of in a you know, in, in sort of a gray area that feels uncomfortable or challenging or downright depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you decide to coach in this area? <clears throat> well, it's something that I'm really familiar with. I've, uh, I've moved uh, up until I moved to back to Wyoming in 2015. I had moved every two years of my life since I was a little, since I was born. And so wow. I've, yeah. And my family wasn't a military family. They were just super mobile. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, uh, I have a lot of experience starting over and doing something new and, um, and to me that was normal. That was, uh, you know, really familiar, um, until things got a little murky when I got into my twenties and things started to feel really, really hard the with transitions and right. sort of learning to re-navigate those um those gray areas in times of like really you know profound depressions and states of anxiety and realizing that like that not all changes that seem positive on the outside feel positive on the inside like right like marriage and motherhood and not saying that my <laughs> my marriage isn't great <laughs> or enjoyable but when I got engaged I did have a a little crisis of independence <laughs> you know and yes. <laughs> um and it really threw me for a loop though and I was I was like there must be something wrong with me or wrong with my relationship because I can't possibly I shouldn't feel this way and um and it turns out that actually a lot of people have anxiety once they get engaged and are moving towards marriage because you, yes. you do take on a different role and you do take on your relationship um, transforms very invisibly. And then, yes. so I learned from that experience that like, <laughs> you know, not every beautiful transition is always easy. Right. And, um, <clears throat> and then motherhood, whoa that threw me for a big one. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the easiest, uh, the, you know, I thought it was going to be easy for me because I'd worked with kids most of my life or most of my right. adult life anyway. And, uh -huh. and I was very wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, just in the last, uh, seven years, I've really undergone some major transitions that have been beautiful, on the outside and in the long run, but really caused some inner chaos that I had not anticipated. And, and so I, and that is the, those are the ones that look good, right? Those are the ones that are, right, like, exactly. are feel good transitions. And so right. you layer on top of that things like, um, you know, another hard transition for me was moving to be with my husband. I left my hometown to move to Wyoming and that was, you know, a, a beautiful thing, but it was also like, okay, where do I fit in independently in this, in this scenario? And what right. kinds of losses am I going to feel? And then you factor in the things that you can't control, like the loss of friends and family and, um, uh, you know, job loss, uh, economic crises, 
things that are out of our control that can cause that same sort of inner turmoil of how did I get here? What am I going to do now? And what do I need to rely on within myself to be able to show up in the version that I envision myself, the way that I envision myself showing up best. And right. so, yeah, that's, that's uh, the long story to how I got to where to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, I think it's so important to recognize you said this as you were talking, you know, like when you moved to Wyoming and you had to figure out how do I fit in independently I, I think that's such an important thing to recognize, especially when you're going through transitions that like, I mean, several that you mentioned, you know, motherhood, it's like, it's this wonderful, beautiful thing that you're supposed to be in love with. And yet it completely changes your identity and mm-hmm. you have to figure out how to keep your own identity while you become mom to these right. children right right well uh, yeah and it's not it's um yeah totally it's and it's it's not sometimes so much keeping your own identity it's just sort of knowing where your lines are right like where where do i where do my where do i take care of myself yeah, <laughs> where does that fit right. in and <laughs> you know right. um and how have i changed and what does that feel like and what does that look like for me and what's okay with me with that change for me with that change and what's not and Right. Really setting up, um, setting up your own limits of where you're willing to, um, to, to allow that change to take place. Right. So, yeah. and then being okay with the places where you have absolutely no control of it. So, yes. um, yeah. And that's the hard part, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> it is. It's very difficult. So when you and I were talking earlier, we were talking about resilience. Mm-hmm. And the name of this episode is Resilience Ain't About Bouncing Back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little colloquial colloquialism there for you, yeah. listeners. So, yeah, exactly. So tell me how you define resilience. Um, so I think resilience has more to do with trust than it has to do with strength. Um, and that by in saying that, I mean, trust in your path, trust in your capacity to both weather pain and heal from it. Um, and I think that it's less about strength and grit than it is about evolving in my mind. I think that resilience is, has very much so to do with moving with the situations that life serves to you and being willing to show up in your new normal, embodying the changes that you've gone through. So that's why I don't, I mean, the, like, if you looked up the Webster's dictionary definition, Uh of resilience, it would be returning to its something that had fallen and would, you know, return to its original form. But I think in this, in the sphere of personal growth and, and self-worth and, um, and, you know, just life, (laughs) life development, uh, if you're constantly bouncing back and showing up in the original form with which you fell, uh, it there's you're missing opportunities, I think. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, because then there's no growth taking place. Exactly. And so, and that's why I think about it as I don't think about it as bouncing back. And I tell my clients, I don't want them to bounce back. I want them to bounce forward. Um, uh, and good. yeah. And so they're moving there. And I think about it like as a stretching uh, sort of situation where you're just, you're sort of like getting to know these new bounds that 
have been created from the challenges in your life, the new uh, areas to inhabit in your emotional and mental world. Um, and sometimes in your physical world, if there's a, you know, a physical change as well, and how, how you can maintain what's core to you um, right. and inhabit and bring those into these new spaces. And that's why I don't think about resilience as bouncing back or having to do with strength. I think about it as how fluid can you be in your own life? I love that. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I have, um, I, I can't remember if I, you and I talked about this or not, but I, a couple of years ago, our family moved across the United States and well, it wasn't our family. If it had been our family, it would have been a whole lot easier. It was my husband and I. <laughs> and I left all of my children behind and all my grandchildren behind. And and it was and it was a wonderful move. Like it was a really good thing for my husband's career. And it was it was life changing for us. And I was so depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it really I love what you said because it's I I came here and I guess I didn't really realize that I was, I, you know, I, I envisioned coming here and just recreating my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And we got here and it was so different than what I had been living before. And it took me quite a while. It took several months for me to get to a point where I was like, okay, this is new. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is not bad. It's new. It's different. And I have to find new ways to connect with people and new ways to entertain myself and new ways to make a difference in the world, you know, and that, you know, that idea of it just being, you have to be fluid and you have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and have compassion and allow yourself the grace to get through whatever you're doing. Yeah. And also, also know that just because you're feeling depressed in the midst of a major life change doesn't mean that it's wrong necessarily. Right. Right. And I think that's such a hard part. Um, I'm really familiar with that story because I I did a very similar thing. I didn't move across the country, but, you know, leaving my hometown to move to Wyoming, uh, which I had actually left because I was depressed. (laughs) (laughs) So I was here with my, with my boyfriend then I left and I came back and, uh, and I was really scared. You know, I was really, I didn't want to go back into that place and, and, uh, and um, yeah, I, I just, am really familiar with that story of moving because this is, you know, my, my husband had this opportunity and, right. and, uh, and learning how to inhabit that space well and like allow the feelings to happen and, and see what, I can do with that new space that has been created from, from this move. And yeah. And there's uh, absolutely nothing wrong with being depressed. If you have, you move across the country and leave your kids, you know, there's yeah. a, that's really normal. And moving is actually pretty uh, like on the scale of major uh, emotional traumas <laughs> can be yeah. right up there with, yeah. the, with the worst of them or the best. Right. Of them. I don't know which way yeah. to say that. So uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah 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 and I and I think that's so true and there's and I know that's true with other you know other things other changes that happen in your life and it's and it is hard to remember 
that it's okay to be depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. it's okay. That it's okay. It is okay to allow yourself the emotion and to process through everything. I spent a lot of time beating myself up. I remember that, and mm-hmm. and it, you know, and it doesn't make anything better. No, <laughs> right? no, not at all. <laughs> it just adds to all the negative emotion you've already got. So. Totally, yeah. It just it's the yep cherry on top. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So um, what would you say to someone who's going through a difficult transition right now? Um, You know, the the thing that I always say (laughs) to myself and to other people when they're going through a difficult transition, the first thing is that this won't last forever. And I say that because the number one thing that we can always count on is that things are going to change and what direction they change is up to us to decide and take action on, but change is going to happen. So what you're feeling, thank God is temporary. (laughs) And um, yeah. So the second thing that I say is that, that I, the second thing that I say is that transitions have three phases, right? It's the end of what has been normal up till now. And then there's this middle place that I call the liminal phase. And when I say liminal, I mean like a state of ambiguity or disorientation. And if things feel challenging or hard or uncomfortable, that's where you are. And it's very normal. It's very common. It's you being a human, having human feelings, doing a human thing. Um, And you can be there, like I said, even if you know the transition or the change is a big, beautiful one, like getting married or becoming a mother or, you know, right. what have you, cha- moving to the neighborhood of your dreams or quitting your job that you hated or, you know, right. s- something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, it's perfectly normal to feel unsure of what's happening. Um, and then the third phase is when you actually walk through the door of your new normal. So you've come out of that gray phase, you've come out of that, like, disoriented space and you're in you're showing up embodied at the start of the new beginning and Mm um and then the last thing i say is also um don't try to rush through this give it yeah like discomfort sucks (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's horrible (laughs) nobody likes to feel it and like of course we just want to rush through it right but um, the more we practice inviting it in, the less of a nuisance it actually becomes. And this time in your life is really valuable and you'll never be this exact version of yourself again. So try to get to know it as well as you can without getting stuck and, and give yourself the time and the space you need to be here right now because it's okay. And, uh, and it, it will end this place. This will end. So yes. Yeah. And it will, but it doesn't always feel like it. No, it doesn't always feel like it, but I can promise you nothing lasts forever. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love that you said that we have to practice inviting in the discomfort. Mm -hmm. That is such a powerful thing. You know, I think we spend so much time in our lives avoiding the discomfort or buffering against the discomfort and really life happens when you're willing to just let it come. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something that is, that's difficult to accept, especially when you're in the middle of a major life thing. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I think so much some of what we were taught about resilience is that it's about like pushing through and um, not quitting and, you know, determination and drive. And, um, yes. and that to me just speaks to like, push your pain aside, you know, don't yeah. let it, don't let it stop you. Don't let it, uh, I don't, you know, don't let it be the, the thing that you learn about, like strive for feeling better. And, and that just never, it, when you push it aside, it's buffering, like you said, and it just, uh, it doesn't help you heal. It doesn't yeah. close that wound. It, um, yeah. and it's not something you can, something you try to push past and it, um, it tends to resurface if you do that. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it does. I think that that's the thing is you're going to have to process the discomfort sometime. Exactly. You can push it aside <laughs> now, but if you do, then you can be guaranteed that later it's going to come back to haunt you in some way. And I know that in my own life, that usually has been in ways that were less desirable. <laughs> Same here, sister. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so just embrace the hard and let it to be. <laughs> let yes. it be hard. <laughs> yeah. So the message in my podcast is always that you're enough and you know we it's i work with women who often struggle with the feeling of not being enough so does that message show up for your clients oh my gosh yes um in so many ways uh and <clears throat> sorry i have something in my a little stick my... <laughs> that's okay um <laughs> me too <laughs> okay <laughs> <Not> day. <laughs> yeah um a lot of the ways that it comes out are you know i'm not important am I not important for enough for them to blank when it comes to marriages or relationships? I've heard it related to money struggles and being like a have or a have not, you know, like I'm not enough of a person for the person who has a lot of money to care about. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I've heard it come through as a parent, um, wondering if they're doing enough for their kids or their husband or uh, being a wife or being enough of a mother and a wife, or I can't be enough of a mother and be enough of a wife. Um, and it also comes out in the idea that they don't feel like they're even important to themselves. Like, uh, you know, well, I just always put myself last. Like, I don't, you know, I have so many other people to take care of that I, I can't possibly have enough. I can't, not worth the time it takes to take care of myself is how mm, it comes out. And right. um, yeah, so that, that message shows up a bunch for my, with my clients. Yeah. 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 And I think that's pretty, I mean, when you're dealing with these major life things, it, uh, it, it, I don't know, for me, I know that it tends to be like, I'm looking around at the rest of the world and everybody else is doing fine. So right. why is my life so bad? I must deserve this. Yeah. There must be something wrong with me or, you know, and mm -hmm. that is so pervasive. And I think it's just, it's so easy to fall into that, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a, it's an easy door to open to, to a conversation and then really believe because it's, it's very enticing for some reason. And I don't, I still haven't figured out why yeah. it is <laughs> I know. because like who wants to believe that about themselves actually, but it, it's so, it's such a gripping conversation that you can have with yourself and be like, yeah, 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 I, totally. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not worth, like, I deserve all of this pain. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Feed me to the dogs. We do that, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And and it is, it's so true. It's such a compelling message that we embrace wholeheartedly. But why not believe something else? Yeah, Mm. yeah. (laughs) Like what is, why did that suddenly become, why did that become the hard thing in our lives to believe that we're, you know, worth time, energy, uh, connection. Right. You know, and we, you know, we, I don't know anybody who's like, who looks at somebody else and says, yeah, that's not, you're not, you don't deserve any of that. Right. You know, (laughs) like, so why, why does that message come back? Why do we mirror that message back to ourselves? Yeah. And, um, I think it's a great opportunity to change. It's a great time to change that narrative. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I was at a, um, at a women's retreat recently and it was really interesting. The facilitator had us make a list of all the ways that we are not enough. And mm. she was like, write it all down. And, you know, so we did. And, uh, we got done and she said, okay, now I want you to pick another participant in the room that you have a connection with and pair up with them. And so we did that. And she said, now I want you to read your list to them, telling them all of the things that you just wrote about yourself. So meaning, you know, like you are a horrible person. You aren't good enough for marriage. You aren't good, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It was such a powerful exercise because it, I mean, I cried through the whole thing, like sitting there having to tell this other woman that all these horrible things <laughs> that I said about myself, but, but directing them at her yeah, just yeah. made me like, oh my gosh, why do we say these things to ourselves? Right. And why do we tell ourselves all of this stuff? It's like, no wonder we struggle with confidence no wonder we struggle to have resilience no wonder Mm -hmm. we struggle with you know all of this because we're so mean to ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) uh, yeah and going back to going back to that the idea that resilience is really about trust when you say those things like if somebody were to say that about you you know you would be I don't I have a feeling that you probably wouldn't take their word for it. <laughs> or if I guess yeah. I'll speak to me, you know, and like developing, being able to trust that person in a situation to like pull you right. through would be like, absolutely. That's not the person I want in my corner. Right. And so I really try to take that narrative of I'm not enough. I'm not, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. I'm not enough for, I'm not enough of, um, and rework it so that you can build a, a trusting relationship with yourself and, and get through these, the challenging times in your life, knowing that you, you can rely on yourself to feel, to, to be loved and to be, to be successful and to fill those, you know, to stretch into those open spaces that have been created in times of pain and challenge. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting to, you know, when you, when you think about saying nasty things and how that impacts trust, like, you know, yeah, no wonder we don't trust ourselves in in times of challenge and that we're always looking for things outside because who wants, who would willingly put their life in the, in the hands of somebody who is like degrading and yeah all those things yeah Yeah, (laughs) that is so true and I love Mm -hmm. that and I and I really love this that idea that 
to be resilient, you do have to trust yourself. You have to know that you're, you are 100% capable of doing whatever you need to do mm-hmm. and, you know, being there for yourself and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I, I never would have put trust and resilience together, mm-hmm. but they are so strong. Like mm-hmm. that's such a strong connection. Yeah. They make a good, good team. Yeah. So, well, um, thank you for being here today. I am so excited to have gotten to meet you and talk to you for a little bit. I always leave my audience with an affirmation for them to take with them throughout the day. Do you have an affirmation you would like to leave with them today? I do. Awesome. Um, yeah. And also thank you for having me. This has been a blast. I could talk about this for hours. I'm sad we're ending. Um, <laughs> but here we go with the affirmation. Um, <clears throat> when I am fluid, my understanding of and love for myself expands and my pain becomes valuable fuel for my growth. I am resilient. I love it. I really love that. And I just, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this and, and, and talking about uh, highlighting this idea that resilience is fluidity. That just, I think that is such a powerful message, recognizing that it's not about bouncing back. It's about bouncing forward or being fluid or having grace and love and self-compassion I think that's such an important message for people who are going through transitions. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your message. Yeah. Well, thank you for hosting me and uh, I'll come back anytime. So All right. <laughs> I might take you up on that. Great. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being here today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow, rate, and review to help me get the word out. And if you really enjoyed this episode, grab a screenshot and share it on social media. Thanks again for spending a few minutes in my world.